20 gold coins. Audrey was enjoying a drink at the Royal Tavern, which is priced at a very reasonable two bronze. He held a heavy pouch in his hands, weighed with the fruits of two years of shrewd business deals and merchant work in the Old Kingdom. This world was different from the one he had come from. A group of goblins chittered around one table. At another, an elf celebrated their 116th birthday with a cake completely covered in candles. Aside from the slim figure and a cap skulking in the corner, he was the only human there. But in other ways, it was exactly the same. Life was a grind. Maybe I could spend a year in Tropicana. Palm trees, nice beaches, good food. Even in a fantasy world like this one, life's just too hectic. As if on cue, two arrows shot over his head. A third skewered his beer, spilling it onto the counter. What was a good deal, suddenly a waste of hard-earned coin. A wild-eyed, bearded man in a scarlet tunic rushed in with a bow. The other arrows had landed onto a portrait behind the bar, tearing into the purple hair of the corpulent man with a crown. He starves us. He takes our property. Will we stand for this? The man shrieked. I might not stand for this, but I'll certainly run for it, thought Audrey. I bet Tropicana doesn't have these problems. He vaulted over the barroom counter and peered out from behind it. Almost every living thing had run off except for the flies, which were now happily exploring the abandoned breadbasket and the sticky spilled puddles of beer. Through the half-open door, he could see a crowd gathered at a safe distance outside, listening to the man's rant while making sure to maintain a proper expression of neutrality. A group of soldiers blocked the area. An archer slipped into the building across from them into a two-story shop called Royal Boots. The patron in the pageboy's cap by one of the barroom windows remained there, frozen. The rebel scowled as he paced towards the dazed lad. Perfect, thought Audrey. When he's distracted, I can make a break for it. Audrey ran, but when he was halfway at the door, he made a mistake of looking back. Brushbeard had grabbed onto the page boy's wrist and had drawn a jagger to his throat. There's no way he can shoot me with that bow while he's holding that knife. Time to finish my dashing exit to Tropicana. But his legs didn't move. Damn you, conscience. The princess hears your cries, said the page boy. You don't need to do this. You just have to wait. Don't argue with them. That'll just rile them up. The king raises our taxes and takes our livelihoods one by one, said Brushbeard. And we're supposed to believe in some bookish spoiled brat? This bar used to be mine. Sir, I hear you. It was smart to deliver your message at this tavern at the busiest time of day. Everyone out here knows about the king's corruption and will never look at him the same way again. But if you kill the lad, then they'll think you're no better than the king. And a statement that you've made here will be wasted, said Audrey. The best way to free a hostage from a terrorist is to convince the hostage taker that they've made their point, and violence would undermine their message. It's textbook. The man stopped his wild movements, lowered the dagger, and paused as if to speak. Rubenny raised the knife again to the page's throat. <sighs> That's okay, sighed Audrey. A negotiator also has another role. When all else fails, they distract the hostage taker when the assault team makes their move. Another arrow, this one with a quiver that was royal blue, shot through the window and blossomed in Brushbeard's forehead. His eyes rolled up as he staggered to the ground, dead. Audrey nodded at the archer he had spied in the window of the other building. The page boy glanced equally at Audrey in gratitude and at the bloody man in horror. He met his eyes, and then the boy flushed. Capiscu, long violet locks tumbled down, 
and he scrambled out the back door as if he were a fugitive himself. Maybe this king isn't so great, thought Audrey. With another few hours, I might have been able to convince the rebel to peacefully let the page boy go. But it doesn't matter. I refuse to do any kind of negotiation. Not for hostages, not for business, till after a long vacation. I'm off to Tropicana. Audrey was not off to Tropicana. He had wound up in the king's throne room instead. Together with the corpulent king, a maid with pointed ears, and an even larger bag of gold in front of him. One thousand gold coins, thought Audrey. That's enough to spend fifty years on the beach with a daily martini. So you've already surrounded the iron library with soldiers, said Audrey. I have, said the king. If that beast flies away from that tower, we'll pluck that soft belly full of arrows. The king continued, muttering darkly. I should have burned that place down, but Lottie insisted that I preserve it. Oh, it's cultural heritage. Oh, it's beautiful iron tapestries. Oh, if I knew that a dragon would hole up there, use the books to learn English, and kidnap my daughter. Audrey interrupted. You did well. The first step in a crisis is to seal off the area. Otherwise, more people might complicate things by wandering into the scene. I'll handle the rest. The elf maid set up a convenient two-way connection to the dragon via a round blue gemstone, so communication was crystal clear. A wizened dragon formed in the fog and appeared on the screen, the library behind him. Is everyone okay? asked Audrey. The princess is alive and well, graveled the dragon, and so am I, aside from rheumatism in my claws and shall we say, some other concerns. Sir, what would you prefer me to call you? Rooftoof, said Rooftoof matter-of-factly. Audrey huddled close to the orb. Discerning the words that followed from Rooftoof's rasping voice, he turned towards the king. He demands three things, said Audrey. A hoard of gold. Oh, our poor tax collectors, said the king. They will have to struggle day and night to raise the extra funds from ungrateful scabs who ignore what my sweet peas done for them. A village to burn. Oh, whoa, the smoke that the nobles will have to endure, choking the fresh air from their gardens. I will humble myself and beg them to carry on for my Lottie's sake. And, at this Audrey paused, a democracy. What? said the king. A democracy? How unreasonable. If I were a tyrant, I would certainly understand. But as you can see, I am a man who always put the emotions of other people first. Audrey turned back to the orb. Okay, Rooftooth, I hear you. You want some money, something to burn, and some political reforms. I'll try to get the king to go along with this, but I can't make any promises. There will be neither promises nor compromises. Hand over the crystal ball right this minute, and I'll make that clear. Audrey hurriedly put the ball out of reach. We need to be calm, said Audrey. If we're anxious and angry, the dragon might match our tone. Besides, we want to drag out the negotiation process as long as possible. Most deaths take place in the first few minutes when tensions are high. When we take our time, we can let adrenaline subside and emotions simmer down. Dragons don't have adrenal glands, said the elf maid, helpfully. Well, said Audrey, by spending more time, the dragon will need to eat as well. If he becomes hungry, then we can use food delivery to extract concessions. Dragons live for 8,000 years, said the elf maid. They eat once every 25 days. Then we'll wait 25 days, said Audrey. At least Stockholm Syndrome might kick in by then. Besides, the biggest advantage the negotiator has over the hostage taker, excuse me, the dragon, 
is that we can rest and exchange shifts, and the kidnapper cannot. I'll take a short break. Could you bring the second negotiator in? King Gerald snapped his fingers, and a slew of guards appeared before the door. That's a lot of expert negotiators you got there. Why'd you even call me? Sit. Back. Down. The king smiled. Hours had passed. Audrey had patiently listened to the dragon's ramblings, waiting for an opening. The dragon reminded him of his grandfather, except for the obvious fact that his grandfather had not been a kidnapper. Your English makes no sense, said Rooftooth. Even with this library, it took me 1,000 years to learn. But this democracy that I learned here from her is quite inspiring. One human, one vote. Maybe we can add one dragon, ten votes. Then it will be perfect. This situation is a bit worrying, thought Audrey. Usually we would have a psychologist on team to evaluate everyone's condition from the hostage taker to the hostage to the negotiators themselves. But I guess I can fill that role just as well. Are you okay, Audrey? asked Audrey. Yes, I am doing well. Thank you for asking, replied Audrey. You're not doing well at all, said the king, joining the conversation. You helped solve that situation in the tavern within ten minutes. You've taken ten hours here, and I won't let you take any longer. Sixty minutes more, and I'll put you to the sword. Put to the sword means that'll kill you, said the elf maid helpfully. Audrey gazed at the crystal ball, focused. The dragon had disappeared, leaving the library's famous iron tapestries completely visible. This situation had become as complicated as those intricate metal chains. The dragon had mentioned he'd learned democracy from someone else. Could there be another hostage taker? Maybe he can make more leeway with them. Papa, that's enough, said a young woman who walked into the scene, in dingy clothes but wearing a rather fierce look. He's a good man. Let him go. Princess, the king's expression flickered from rage to relief. You've escaped. Hurry down the library steps. The army will keep you safe. No, said Charlotte. I haven't escaped at all, she said as Rooftooth approached behind her, his maw widening, exposing a set of hundreds of viciously sharp teeth. She patted the smiling dragon's snout. This was all my plan, said Charlotte. I had hoped that since you cared more about me than about the kingdom, this would at least get you to listen. The people need change, and Rufy Toofy is a very peaceful dragon who I read books with all day long. He'd never want to hurt anyone. Rufy Toofy, he's a very artful fellow, too, said the princess. The dragon pawed around the library's brilliant craftwork in the background. So please, forgive this dragon, release that man, and promise that you'll change how you run this country. And I'll come back home. The king's eyes narrowed. He gestured at the elf maid who drew his stiletto and pressed it close to Audrey's heart. If you so much touch a hair on his head, I'll throw myself off the balcony, said the princess. If you don't go come home at once, why, I'll deliver you this man's head, hair intact, cried the king. Her hair, said Audrey, his own head swimming, her clothes. It's all the same as that page boy's? And the dragon said nothing as he was sick of the petty human squabbling and had already taken flight. He fluttered through the path of a hundred arrows, a half dozen reaching their marks, landing close to his heart, lungs, and guts. Each one alone a fatal wound, had they managed to pierce him. Rooftooth crashed through the throne room's rooftop, wood flying everywhere. He wore one of the library's famous iron tapestries as a makeshift piece of armor, 
a smattering of wooden shafts now embedded into the artwork. The old king is dead, said Rooftooth. Long live the queen. With one talon, he plucked up the king as if he were no more than a kitten, and gazed at him with a half-lidded reptilian eye. The king hung limp, his face as purple as his hair. He had fainted from fright. I beg your pardon, said Rooftooth, as he glanced guiltily at the crystal ball, the shocked violet-haired princess looking at him in askance. Long live Miss President. One year later. Put the dragons in charge of the reserve, remove the tax break for Hippogriffer, and raise the retirement age of elves to 165. That should keep us another year, said the princess. President Lottie. Of course, madam, said the elf maid, chief of staff. But you must know that we won't have the votes to enact that. Oh, it's all hopeless, said Charlotte. But if we need to get this bill passed in time, then we'll have to call him. I'm never getting the Tropicana, am I, Dot Audrey?